This is BYU Sports Nation Overtime. Or if you're a fan of the program, you can call it BYUSNOT. We're working extra. Let's go. The inaugural edition. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are back in our home digs of the radio side of things. Yeah, this is nice. We don't have to worry about makeup. In fact, I just took mine off. This is the new thing we're going to do, okay? So there's the show. You're going to get that Monday through Friday all year. Awesome, right? Take a couple days off. Not too many. But we're going to throw a few of these at you where we get to have an open extra conversation without any commercial breaks or sponsorships at the moment. Right now we're sponsored by nobody. I don't know what to do with myself right now. Yeah. the, the We can talk about whatever we want for as long as we want here. It reminds me of how enjoyable the wardrobe selection was, for one, on the radio side. You could wear hats. Wear anything. You wore a police outfit on Halloween one time. <laughs> it was awesome, man. Yes, we're going back to our roots, right? Yeah, now we're like super professional and have quality etiquette. Instead, we can be unprov... Oh, wait, no. This is going to be an opportunity for us to have some expanded conversation, talk about things that we don't get to in the show, talk about other topics, talk more about the things yeah, we discussed. Yeah. And of course, the big story, Spencer, is the hiring of the Pope. Yes, there are several situations that we have encountered in doing an hour-long live television show where you have to hit elements and you have to hit sponsors and breaks and commercials. And we feel like we want to do more. We want to go deeper. We want to dive into these We want to get paid the same and do more work. Doesn't that sound amazing? <laughs> so let's go ahead and do that today. Let's get paid nothing more to talk about the Mark Yay! Pope hiring. Voluntarily. Yes. We, we have done this to ourselves. Mark Pope is the new basketball coach at BYU. After four uh, kind of grinded out building years at Utah Valley University, taking a program from, you know, if you look at the college basketball rankings, they're somewhere between 300 and 351, and putting them up to the position of a WAC contender, where they win 25 games, a program best. They go 12 and 4 in the WAC. They win at New Mexico State in his tenure. For crying out loud, Utah Valley beat BYU in the Marriott Center. Oh, yeah, that happened. Uh, he's he's enjoyed some some great things, and now BYU went after their guy. They paid their guy. They've lined things up. They they have the man they want. Uh, and we asked today on BYU Sports Nation, well, what, what do you think of the hire? But let's let's dive inside just how much Mark Pope fits into this BYU basketball program, and and why it is that he is the right guy right now. I think he was BYU's number one choice, as we've talked about. I think that he fits the program because, one, he was here already. Two, he's been a Division One head coach. And three, he has great experience as a player. I don't think that any of the other candidates could match everything that he brought to the table. I think the next best candidate could have been Barrett Peary or Mark Madsen. I don't know which one is better. I think Quincy Lewis was in fourth there. But Mark Pope wins the job. He doesn't have to even move his home. In the press conference yesterday basically explained that his wife really, really wanted this job because he has four daughters. The oldest one appears to be probably early high school age. Yeah, so his old, I asked the ages. I, I, went, I did my research yesterday. I, I found them in uh, Studio A. The oldest is a senior in high school. Oh, okay. She's 18. Next is uh, a sophomore, 16 years old. Then they have a middle schooler who is uh, 13, and their youngest is in fourth grade and is 10 years old. So it would have been hard to move oh, at man. that time. I moved a lot when I was a kid, but I didn't move in high school. That would have been really hard. So... I think this is a great hire. Um, will Mark Pope be as good as Dave Rose when all is said and done? In terms of total wins and active win percentage and home win percentage, the answer is probably not. But he could do some things that Dave hasn't done, and that's probably what we're hanging our hat on in terms of 
the unrealistic, realistic expectations that he talked about. Yeah. Like, can BYU win a conference championship? Can BYU go to the tourney and win soon, right? It took a few years to get a win in the tourney, and then BYU got the one Sweet 16, which was amazing. And as I've said a bunch of times, it's all about seeding. Why does BYU get to the Sweet 16? Not because they were good in one games. They were a three seed. So the path was easy, right? And they did it, and it was awesome. There are some things that he will do that will be uh, very quickly noticed to be different than Dave Rose. One is access and exposure to his program. Which we are excited about here. He's not an old-school guy that way, where it's closed-door meetings, uh, occasional ventures where the media can can come in and look at some behind-the-scenes uh, things. Mark Pope is very, very open with the media and wants to grow his program, and he wants people to see him and his players and the relationships and how they interact because he feels like, look, this is a unique tool with BYU TV and BYU Radio where a lot of these guys can see what this is all about, and he's all about recruiting. He is an incredible salesman. If you need evidence of that, watch the full interview we did with him on BYU Sports Nation the day after he gets hired, or go back and watch the entire press conference. The man knows how to win over a crowd. And he knows how to win over recruits, but he wants people to see what happens when they actually get down to the basketball and practice. And so this is going to be a new dimension of BYU basketball in terms of access for people. Yeah, I think people will get excited because what you described is one way of doing it, right? Is Was anyone upset that BYU didn't have more access to the players when they were winning? No. No, right? Nope. It, it, as long as you win pretty consistently— People can tolerate a lot, right? I'm not talking about breaking rules. I'm I'm just talking about like general comportment, general access. Um, and, and Dave Rose did it one way. And guess what? For most of the time, that really worked. I mean, worked really well in the regular season. We're talking about probably the most successful coach in BYU basketball history, and that's going to withstand the test of time. Yes. Mark Pope can do some things, however, that Dave Rose didn't. That's win in Vegas more. Like, win a tournament, right? Uh, unbelievably, that never happened in 14 years. Get to the NCAA tournament, perhaps sooner than we think. Use the transfers more effectively. There weren't a ton of transfers, Spence, during Dave Rose's tenure that had a huge impact. Chase Fisher is certainly one that did. Rafael Araujo, when Dave was an assistant, yes. But there were not a ton of those guys. Now, the funny thing about Chase Fisher is... He came because of Mark Pope. Well, well, well. <laughs> so, so can Mark... Put his mark on the program with transfers injecting life into what is already a solid group of kids who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A T.J. House, a Connor Harding, a Gavin Baxter. Those are your three core pieces, in my opinion, going into the ne- this next season. Is there a grad transfer that you could add that could help BYU get to a bubbleish state? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about the differences that you're going to see right away. Yes, the access and exposure is going to be there. Second thing that he alluded to during our interview on BYU Sports Nation is he is going to try and hit a home run or crash and burn when it comes to scheduling. This is a dangerous idea, and I'm not sure I fully agree with it in principle initially. How do you feel about it? It's a little bit scary, and he used that word. It's frightening, but it's exciting. These are the types of opponents and games that – Juice up the crowd. They get everybody excited. But sure. how many before the game? How many can BYU handle in the early years of Mark Pope's head coaching tenure? He's never backed down from a challenge, and this is this is going back to 
uh, his mentality of being a Rick Patino guy. That's a Rick Patino thing where it's like, hey, we'll play anybody, anywhere, right. anytime. If you're at Kentucky and Louisville, it's another. It's or one even thing. Providence for that matter when Patino was there. Yeah, right. And you're in the Big East and yeah. you're building right and and built it from somewhere Requiem to the Big East, right? Which was a great thirty for thirty. We both enjoyed that. I like the idea of scheduling hard, but there's a line, as we've chronicled, and ad nauseum, especially for me, in football, right? What's too much? Last year, the BYU basketball schedule was too hard. It was too hard, and it affected this team in a way where they didn't even make the NIT, and that was unfortunate. Mark uh, Pope in Utah Valley one time did a road trip where they played, I forget the exact order, but at Kentucky and at Duke on back-to-back nights. The toughest 24 is what they call it. Yes, which was a great publicity stunt and opportunity for those uh, players. They actually hung with Kentucky. Duke was a blowout, but the Kentucky game was a tight one. And obviously Mark has connections as a former player there. I would love to see some opportunities where BYU goes and plays tougher teams, more one-offs. Dave Rose did not embrace that until last year. Which I get. Hey, we're a quality program. We need to get some good home games out of these. I think Mark Pope's going to play more one-offs than BYU's played in a long time. Now, the nice thing for Marcus, he's already got a built-in toughest 24 next year in the uh, Maui Invitational. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some good tough games in that so one. So he doesn't and, have to worry about it this year. It's already there. So at some point, it's too much, right, in scheduling. And and with the WCC now, they added those two extra games, so it was 15 non-conference games instead of 13. So what do you do with that, right? And I doubt that they, – or do they play Utah Valley? Does Mark Pope throw a bone? You know you play Utah. You know you play Utah State, who's the best team in the state right now. They returned some really good pieces. We know that Houston uh, – at Houston is a game. We know that Nevada in Provo is a game. We know that UNLV is a game. So there's San Diego State in the Marriott Center. So there's already a good lineup going into next year. Absolutely. His coaching staff, and these are his words, he hopes will be in place by the first week of May, which is roughly three weeks from the day he got hired. It takes time at BYU. you got to go through. Wait, what? I know. I know. (laughs) You know firsthand. I really do. (laughs) It takes a long time to get everything situated, so he's hoping that it's all in place in three weeks from the time he was hired, which would be the first week of May. And it makes you kind of wonder, how much does he go to pulling his old staff members from Utah Valley to does he bring in somebody that's completely outside of the circle and is just fresh blood to BYU? Chris Burgess could be one of the assistants. We'll see. If he uh, if he gets the uh, Utah Valley job, perhaps he doesn't come here, obviously, if you're going to be a head coach there. Quincy Lewis, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the Utah Valley head coach, by the way. I, I think he would be a great fit there. Obviously, Burgess... Uh, Cody Feger is another guy that's been in the conversation to become the head coach of Utah Valley. And Quincy Lewis, I think, is ready to be a Division One head coach. Like, if he got the job at Utah Valley, I think he would do an outstanding job. I would love to see an African-American assistant coach at BYU. Maybe Stan Johnson? Perhaps. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see, Paul Peterson is the other one in the mix, who's done a lot of personal training with a lot of players in the area. And uh, a lot of players have valued what he's done. And then we'll we'll see who who bounces on the current team, who doesn't want to be a part of this, you know, and and how that will affect this team, and will any of those be big names yeah. as opposed to a guy that maybe didn't play very much? And let's not be naive to the fact that that might happen and could very likely yeah. happen. Sure, because it could be a former starter. Who knows? When a guy is looking a at starter. a coaching change, this is not the man that he recruited to play for. 
I, I didn't come to BYU specific to play for you as my head coach, so I'm going to have to reassess everything and see where the best fit is for me. And maybe Mark Pope looks at the situation and says, I agree, you're not a good fit for my program. You don't want to be here. Let me help you go somewhere else. And he said as much yesterday that he's going to recruit his guys. He's going to recruit his own team. He's going to get them to buy in. They'll be together. They'll be relentless. He used all the right words. But if one of those guys doesn't fit the mold, then he's going to help them go somewhere else. And hopefully they can go and, and flourish. But I, this is always fascinating. When you watch the turnover, and if there is a big name or two that that leaves, how does that impact the program, the culture? You want everybody to buy in. And for those wondering about Yoli Childs, like, is there a chance that Yoli Childs comes back because Mark Pope is the head coach, doesn't get drafted, and right now he's not projected to get drafted, and he probably won't unless he does something, you know, out of this world amazing in a workout for an NBA team. I talked to Yoli Childs in his camp yesterday, and as it stands right now, there is basically a 0% chance he's coming back. But Mark Pope's going to fire off his shot because that's what he's supposed to do. It's his job yeah, he's to ask. try and say, hey, I was a big guy in the NBA, and I coached with a bunch of big guys, and I have amazing recruiting circles, and because I did it in the league, I can help you try and hone your skills. So maybe Yoli looks at the situation instead of saying, as it was now, look, I'm not really going to get better if I stay at BYU. Is Mark Pope and whoever he brings in as a staff enough to be like, okay, maybe if I did say I could get better for the NBA draft and not have to rush into this thing? Yeah, I feel like Yoli's gone. And I feel, 99.9% I, chance. Last yeah. year, I felt like this was Yoli's last year. I, I released that emotionally sure. last year. Yeah. So here's, here's the next question for me, Smith. What kind of season are we going to expect from this BYU team next year? And will we allow them to not be as good as we hope because it's year one? Yeah, what if BYU wins 16 games or 18 games and we're all kind of And going, they don't make the NIT and they don't again. get into the NIT and it's, it's two years in a row where they don't hit that you know minimum postseason standard, then certainly there is some frustration. But I think because of the scenario, I don't think anybody's going to be like, run them out! Right, it's year one. It's year one. You if have BYU to. BYU wins time. four games. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. And he said his number one priority was to not get fired in year one. That's so. a great. That's a great goal. <laughs> and yeah, no, I I think in year one we're going to uh, we, well, going to I don't know. We need to allow this team to figure some things out because there's going to be a cultural mindset differential, and there's going to be certain guys that aren't here that we thought would be here. And perhaps there's guys that show up that we didn't expect, and maybe they're pretty good. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, It's year one. It takes a minute. Remember with Steve Cleveland, and I know it was a long time ago, but BYU won one game. They hire him. They win nine. Okay, So it wasn't that big of an improvement. Luckily, we're not in that situation. Don't get me wrong. But a couple years later, they make attorney. They miss attorney. They miss attorney. They make attorney. They make attorney. They went three and five. It takes a sec. Okay, It takes a sec. But the pressure's on. Mark Pope didn't come into a job hoping to make the NIT at some point. That was Utah Valley. And they didn't, but I would guess that next year they would have made it. Yeah, they would, the have taken, they would have taken the next step. I think step. they would have taken the next step. Mm -hmm. The next step for BYU is to be a top-four seed in the NIT, in my opinion. And then the next step is to be bubblicious and get into the NCAA tournament somehow. Yeah, getting into the NIT period would be a needed and welcome improvement for BYU basketball next year. However many wins that requires, great. But I think that is a realistic stepping stone in the right direction of, okay, BYU missed the NIT. 
let's get back to at least the NIT, even if it's an eight seed or a seven seed, just get into the tournament. Perhaps that means you hit the 20 win mark. And if, if BYU needs to go out and schedule Mississippi Valley State and Lamar and some of these other small schools, they've got enough on the schedule from what we're hearing between the Maui Invitational and other games that are already lined up that they can go schedule a few of what people like to call cupcake games. Get some wins. Get to 20 wins. Be on the the NIT radar, get in, and it's a step in the right direction. I don't think people should – I know some people are like, no, 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 look at what Craig Smith did at Utah State in his first year, taking over that mess. He got him to the NCAA tournament. They won the Mountain West, eight seed. They don't have Gonzaga in the league. They also don't have Namiya Keta, who is an NBA player, who just so happened to be like this incredible find for the Aggies in Logan, Utah. Hopefully BYU can find a maybe, guy like that. Maybe. It a would transfer, require, right? It or, would require something like that for BYU to get into the NCAA tournament this yeah. year. They would have to find strike gold in the transfer portal or in some yes. random way. Yes. If Gonzaga's in the Mountain West, Utah State doesn't win the Mountain West, and they may not get in at large because they probably lost a couple times to that team. It's just different. Yeah. And there's a burden there, right? Here's what I really want to see with BYU hoops because Mark Pope is here. I know this would be a monumental change in the Marriott Center with the tickets. I want to see the students on the north side again. Right now, they're on the west side. Put them on the floor. I want them on that side because when BYU was going and it was awesome, they were there. It hasn't been the same since they moved. I know it's not a direct correlation, but the environment was different. It was better. It was raucous. It was crazy. The team fed off that. I think there was some synergy there. If I'm Mark Pope, I say... Okay, one of the stipulations of me coming back, we got to put the students over sure. there. Sure. And now, here's Who the thing. knows if he actually asked that, but I would love it if he did. And if I like the dynamic of students having funny signs behind the backboard and all that stuff to kind of uh, distract. What, influence two distract free throws, the, maybe? Right. But you can still leave. A, you could have a section of students down there right below the hoops. Whose job it is. Yes. But and, and during those during the Jimmer years and, and Lee Kamart and everything, I didn't think, man, we need students over there. No. I never thought that. But it, the, the student body, the most impressive sight that I can remember in the Marriott Center is the first time I walked in in 2004, the winter of 2004, and Mike Hall and his crew at BYU Basketball were, I think they were playing Air Force. And Was that were, the Air Force game? They were Dunk? like... Yes. There were like a teeth grinder. 8,000 students there at least an hour before the game, all in white on that north side. And I was like, this is unbelievable. So like, fun. There's no way BYU is going to lose this game. And they didn't. They beat uh, a good Air Force team. I was in Brazil knocking doors. It's, it's, it, it sounded like this. Yeah. And then no one would answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I cherish those memories. It was the most excited I'd ever been as a BYU basketball fan at a game in person, you know, watching that dunk go down. So I think that, uh, yeah, everything should go on the table. Let's just I'm discuss. I'm calling for a student section revolution here. Let's, let's, let's discuss it. Is it even a possibility? And I know money rules the world and those seats are worth a lot. Come on. If it's going to help you win games, that's what's really going to generate that's, money for your program. So, yeah, the other argument is, well, we've put the money into the annex. Let's see that come to fruition. BYU's got to shoot the three better, by the way. we need, The annex was built, and it hasn't yielded better shooting. In fact, it's yielded worse shooting, and BYU hasn't gone to the NCAA tournament. I want to see the annex used in a way that makes it so BYU's better at basketball. Because if you have it, 
but you're not better. What's the point? You can go back to the Dark Ages in the dungeons. Playing the Mar- in the RB. In the Marriott Center. And in the right? field house. The annex is awesome. Also, it should be called the YMCA. The BYU Marriott Center Annex. Y-M-C-A. It's, it's on the perfect. Wikipedia page. We appreciate whoever it was <laughs> Who that put that, that on there based on what we called it. We appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Overall, excitement. New thing. This is, this is a coach that we're familiar with, that we know, that we like. I'm excited to see where this goes because BYU basketball is a really good program. Can be a really good program. We've seen it. Last couple of years wasn't the same. I think we're both anxious to see it return yes. to that. And I've heard some people say, well, this kind of reminds me of the Kalani Satake situation where he took over and there was a lot of great enthusiasm and excitement was back in the fan base. And, oh, man, the good old boys are back in town. And BYU goes 9-4 and four and Taysom and Jamal and we're going in the right direction. And then thud. Four wins in season number two. And then seven. It's not like it was much better. There's a difference here. Kalani Satake was not an assistant coach at BYU for four years. Hey, Mark Pope came as an assistant and experienced a lot of winning at BYU and became acclimated with recruiting and admissions and the loopholes that have to you have to jump through in the red tape and all that stuff. He's not coming into this like Kalani, not really understanding just how complicated everything can be. He at least has an idea of what he's getting into, which sets him apart from the Kalani Satake situation. I don't think there will be a thud year for Mark Pope as the BYU basketball coach. But if so, allow it. And it, That's it, what it's I'm most, saying. It's Let most it likely happen. to happen in year number one. I just don't see that uh, we'll have this bottoming out situation with Mark Pope. I, I don't. I don't think that will it will get if, that low. If TJ House transferred, perhaps maybe, and, but that would be year one. That would be year that one. That would be year one. I don't see TJ transferring. I'm just throwing out the idea. So, yeah, lots to discuss, lots to uh, think about. Uh, hopefully, enjoyed this BYUSN overtime OT. Yeah, Ex- extra innings, free BYU Sports Nation. Here's the, here's the great thing about it: you never know when it's going to happen. Okay. We'll just throw it out there. Just whenever. like you never know when overtime's going to happen. You show up for a game, you don't know what's going to happen. Or when you're happen. old, when a nap will happen. It just <laughs> creeps up on you, you know? Great to have you with us. BYU Sports Nation overtime is a wrap. Episode number one of the OT. Nice. We're creeping up on 1,500 episodes of the show, so might a, as well throw something else in there. Yeah, let's go. Thanks, everyone. We'll uh, talk to you next time. <laughs>